0: Welcome to Last Lamb Standing with the Lamb Sisters, Drew and Meg. Each week, Meg covers a topic that is crazy, spooky, goosebump-inducing, or just plain old WTF. While Drew covers subjects that relate in some tenuous nature, but is completely real, explained, and sometimes downright scientific. So grab your safety blankets and microscopes and join us on our strangely empirical quest.
1: good afternoon afternoon good morrow to you uh how are you good
0: i think fine (laughs) how are (laughs) you (laughs) i think i'm good um before we start i wanted to bring up i had been thinking about my segment from last time the past lives thing Mm -hmm. this is my theory what do you think about transgendered people it possibly they were the opposite gender in a previous life and that's why they feel like that um interesting theory right i think i mean considering like you know how uh the dr ian stevenson was talking about how biological traits and personality traits can transfer over from Mm -hmm. life to life i was thinking that is a very possible if you're going along those lines of thinking, that's a very possible reasoning for why transgender people have those feelings. And I think it'd be interesting, um, Dr. Jim Tucker, if you're listening (laughs) to to do a study on transgender people and have them do like past life regressions and see, see what comes up. I think that'd be a really interesting study to do. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Strong use
1: of the word possible.
0: Possible. What did I? What did I say with possible?
1: It's a very possible explanation.
0: Sure, it is. Just do. All you have to do is get the studies, and then that's it. Science all you have backs to do it up. Is
1: believe in past lives, and
0: yeah, it makes and, sense. and past life regression and hypnotherapy. You just have to believe in all that. Hey, just believe. Okay, uh, do you want to do your tidbit first, or do you want me to do mine? I
1: can do my tidbit. Okay. Um. So Schweppes,
0: like the... Um, ginger
1: ale. Ginger ale mm-hmm. and soda company partnered with some fashion designers and created a dress with sensors in it so that women could go wear it in the club and they could count how many times men touched them unconscionally. How does it know so, if it's
0: a man or a woman touching them? Well, touch.
1: Okay. <laughs> but usually it's men. But the, the idea behind it was, you know, women are constantly saying, you know, they being touched without consent. Right. And men are like, oh, they're just whining.
0: Well, yeah. Whatever.
1: It's yeah. so like, well, we can prove it and um so they went to brazil or i don't know if they were if the designers were in brazil already i don't remember but they're in brazil and they created uh-huh. this dress and put it on three different women uh-huh. to go to a party to like go out dancing uh-huh. in brazil and they videoed some of it and we'll put a link to the video and stuff and it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> watching them. And even the women are like please stop touching me you don't need to touch me to talk to me <laughs> you know, to keep doing it. By the end of the night, three women in less than four hours were touched non-consensually 157 times
0: each or total so it's about 50 it says total. three
1: so i'm guessing total um
0: it didn't Still, specifically like say if that's- someone if i go out in public and someone touches me 50 times i would want to murder them because right. i don't want to be touched so that's by strangers 40
1: t- over 40 times per hour and one of the women the video parts show you some men kept touching her hair which didn't get counted but that would drive Driven me crazy too.
0: Why? Why are people
1: touching? I mean, I guess you're in a club, and <laughs> you're so in a club. Like... But that's the problem: is that men think, yeah, because it's like we can go to a club. We're not going to go start groping on a guy. We're not going to go touch yeah. guys to talk to them. Like we might still go flirt, but we're not going to be like hands on. Yeah, touch you, touch smaller your back, all that kind of you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Men think that because women are in a club that they have that every they right to touched. touch somebody else's person and that is the problem. Just don't don't touch people. <laughs> it's okay so to weird. not touch people. But anyway, so yeah, we'll put a link to the video because it's it's um it's
0: interesting. It's also a very interesting sponsor for that Schweppes. Yeah.
1: Of course it's oh, so the women are beautiful.
0: That was it. Um, it was just interesting to see the that is really interesting and I like that they are proving it. Mm-hmm and it's not it like the there. dress
1: is terribly
0: revealing or but I also feel like Brazilian texting. men are probably more than They're probably than <laughs> your <average>. than, than <laughs> others. But still. Uh, okay. Yeah. My tidbit today comes from a book that I haven't talked from in a while called the it was the 40 and times it happened to me volume one. So someone a little it's a little story about a time slip. In the summer of 1985, I was working for the Kansas Department of Transportation doing traffic studies at the intersections of remote rural highways. I hate that word. Rural. Rural. It was a dull job, but it afforded me some time to read and earn some money for college. One particular hot July afternoon, I found myself doing a traffic study overlooking the Smoky Hill River Valley in West Central Kansas. It had been a rather uneventful day. All of a sudden, I heard a very high-pitched noise, akin to, the, to electronic feedback. My first reaction was to turn down the car radio, which I did to no avail. The irritating sound seemed to come from the back of the vehicle, so I got out to investigate. As I walked down the road, a movement to my right caught my eye. I turned my head and saw an Indian on a horse coming down the highway embankment. This was not a modern-day Native American, but an Indian Brave circa 1840. He was naked except for a leather loincloth and a pair of moccasins and was riding bareback without any conventional bridle, just a rope tied around the pony's head. In his right hand was an antique looking rifle and his left was the rope. The sight took my breath away and all I could think of was saying, hi. (laughs) (laughs) He ignored me as if I were not there. As he approached the far side of the road, he stopped and intently scanned the river valley below. I turned to see what he was looking at. Down in the valley was a large herd of buffalo strung out for miles. This sight made my head swim because the mighty herds of buffalo had been exterminated in Kansas over a century ago. I caught my breath and turned back to observe the Indian, but he was gone. I ran over to where I'd last seen him and looked down the hill. There was no sign of the Indian, now no no trace of the buffalo either. As the hot sun beat down on me, I slowly walked back to the car and noticed that the annoying sound was absent too. That was sent in by Keith Mannies hmm that's kind of cool interesting
1: meanwhile that Indian went back to his tribe and was like you will not believe what i just saw by the river <laughs> i know <laughs> some human with a metal box. horse on
0: <laughs> on these round and wheels i don't know Do they have wheels yes they have wheels oh my gosh yeah can you imagine if you were just you know minding your own business and you experienced a time slip like that and you just are in a completely, de- I feel, I would think that I had gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Or I'm like, I'm s- asleep, I'm unconscious, something has happened to me. It, but then it, you find out that none of those cases are what happened and you're just right. like, oh,
1: what? I told you about my time slip. Did we talk to you about this? What? Night?
0: No. I mean, I,
1: I get. I don't know if it's a time slip, a time warp, a time, I don't know. I mean, it's probably not, but it, it was like something that was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what just happened? So my parking garage at work, it's not very, mine's not very exciting. There's no Buffalo or Native <laughs> Americans involved, but um, my parking garage at work is very turny, yeah. <laughs> and um, multi-level. So you go up half a level turn, half level turn, and you do it rather quick, or I do it rather quickly. Yeah. And I was going down one way and I saw a woman come out of the elevator bay with, a big box on a trolley. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Yep. Yes. Cart. I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Dolly. That's the word I'm looking for. But it was a big box on a dolly. And the way the elevator bay is, the elevator bay is on the main floor is so you have to go down steps or up steps to get to to the parking levels. Okay. So there's steps involved and she has a big box on a dolly, which would take a while, right? So I see her come out the elevator bay. And I pass her and she's like looking for her, you know, her car, and I pass her, I go down one ramp. So only down one level and turn and then I see the same woman at a car with the box, like loading it into a car. Now she would have had to go Take I, the take the dolly with the big box. Like if she was on the wrong level, right? Mm-hmm. Like say she wanted to switch levels. In the, I mean I'm talking, fifteen seconds, twenty seconds that yeah. I that I make the turn and come back yeah. around. She would have had to lug it back upstairs or back downstairs, across over, back up or downstairs on the other side, and then already out the elevator bay and all the way to her car. In that twenty seconds that I. Maybe twenty seconds that I turned to the corner, weird. and it was like weird enough for me to be like, "Well, wait a minute, what just happened there?" Are you sure, it's <laughs> the same woman. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I mean, seeing someone with a dolly in a big box in an, an office parking
0: garage is not very common. I'm just um, thinking, like, what if there was two women bringing the same kind of boxes to two separate to cars? two separate cars? I mean it. I don't remember
1: her specifically now, but at the time I was like, no, that's the same woman.
0: Yeah. With the same box. That is weird. And I feel like you might've told that story before because, and the weird thing is, is that earlier I was thinking about, because I remember in response to that story, I told you about a story that I read, I think in this book Mm. about the woman who saw herself in the opposite elevator. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. And it's weird because i was literally thinking about that story earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> strange anyway. that is weird i yeah
1: yeah it was I, enough
0: to like to i almost hurry. i even almost like slammed on the brakes i know i, would <laughs> I was a like, bit oh. like i need to talk to her <laughs> do you have a doppelganger <laughs> are you a twin okay what are you talking about today um i think you gave me the I, subject of bridges correct so you're
1: talking so, about bridges, Bridges, <laughs> but, but I went through a whole process and was like, there are a ton of cool bridges out there, mm-hmm. but I was just not feeling it, feeling any of it. So
0: these bridges are actually not cool
1: bridges. They're even cooler bridges, but <laughs> they're, they're not boring bridges. They're not engi-
0: modern engineering bridges, we'll say. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about haunted bridges. Okay.
1: So these are bridges made out of natural materials.
0: Okay. From Indiana Jones, (laughs) from, you know,
1: that processes that were started centuries ago. Okay, cool. So this first one is the Osvachaca bridge in Peru. It's the last remaining Incan rope bridge in the Canas province of Peru. And it's been rebuilt every year out of grass rope in the same location spanning the Aparamic Aparamic River since the time of the Incas, which was 1200 to 1533
0: AD, so 800 years ago. So wait, sorry, I'm -hmm. already interrupting. It's the last remaining bridge. Remaining in the fact that it's it's, still being done. Okay. um, The process is still being done in the original way. Yeah. And are they still using the same process of making the Mm -hmm. rope? Yep. So, um,
1: so it's a process and a building technique that has been passed down for centuries. Mm-hmm. It sounded like maybe there was one main family that's kind of the architect of it. I bet. I'm not sure if you know if that's really true or that's just been, or like multiple people know how to do it now and it's just being passed to whoever can can do it. But every year, the entire community from both sides of the river, so there's villages on both sides, um, and the entire community comes together to rebuild the bridge and replace the old one. So they start with by cutting, a uh, must be, massive amounts of this grass called koya. And they beat the grass against the rocks using wooden tools or other rocks to um, to soften it. So mm-hmm. similar to that video you sent me with flax. You know how they were like, it looked like they were going to chop it, but really they're just hammering it to, mm-hmm. to make it softer. So they soften it up by banging it. <laughs> <laughs> beating <laughs> it. By beating it. And then they by hand, twist several pieces together. Uh So it'll be a couple of people by hand twisting it. So it's becomes a thin cord. Uh But it's only thin diameter wise. So but it's still very long, like a rope would be and then they take several of those and twist them together to make a rope. So it takes about 30 small cords to make one rope. Okay, so very long cord, 30 of those to make Twist together. So, right. like, if you were to take apart a rope that you have at yeah. home or whatever, yeah, yeah, same concept, except it's grass on the inside, and not cotton or whatever. Then they take all those pieces of rope and lay them. There's actually a highway nearby, and there is actually a modern bridge nearby, but they prefer to use this often and still want to keep it up. So they lay the rope down the road, and. Get people on either side it's basically a tug of war but what they're trying to do is just stretch it mm-hmm. um, to get all the stretch out of it and make right. it stronger and then they use three of those ropes and then they tightly braid it to make a cable okay so they've stretched it so now it's what 30 small cords and the cords are made up of multiple Brasses. grasses 30 small cords three cords to make a rope
0: Yes. Yeah. Three, 30 cords 30 cords to, to make, make a rope. rope. 3, three ropes, ropes to make, to make a, a cable. cable. There you
1: go. And then they spend an entire day stretching the cables. So they have to make 6 cables. And they spend so they've put all the stuff together and then in one entire day just everyone stretching cables all day long to make sure that it's all stretched out. Okay. Um and then they use and we'll put pictures of it because it's actually it's pretty, (laughs) I think. Okay, so then they use the old bridge to bring the cables to the other side. Mm -hmm. So the four cables or the six cables, there's four for the floor and then two for the handrails. And so they go across the bridge, bringing the cables over. And then when they get to the other side, they cut the old bridge away. And it just falls into the river and gets washed downstream. Interesting. And then they tie all the cables to the rocks on either side and it looked like from the video which we'll um, send we'll put a link to it looked like maybe originally some holes were carved into the rock so they feed the rope through to tie into and so they tie it off on either side and then you have one person from either side that just straddles the floor cables and is using even more rope now to uh, to weave those four together to make a solid floor, mm-hmm. so they continually weave and tightly, and then they make their way to the center. Meanwhile, there are. It's people, interesting that they don't do that before they bring it across. I think it's the way that they're doing it, and the fact that they want to. You it's, want the you want the you want to be able to tie the cables on either side before. Before I think so that you know you've got all the all the lacks and everything you've got all your anything that you need to to work with before you really bind yeah. them together. So yeah, there's so they're making their way to the center, and then there's two or three people behind them that are using even more rope <laughs> to to connect the handrails to the floor. So it creates kind of this braided wall all the way down yeah. the bridge, and when then they meet in the middle and finish it. They basically stand up and celebrate and start singing a song Aww. and then both communities it's like a, it's se- a, a celebration it's a big party and they dance and they sing and they eat and, yeah that's lovely but it's a beautiful i mean I, and that's what i'm saying um the amount of grass it must take to make
0: i the- wonder if that grass is like kind of like a weed or something there that that's like or do they farm it they must use it for all kinds of things. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they use it for baskets and in all kinds of things. So I wonder if, though, I think if this they have this might a... be it. Oh, like just growing wild everywhere. I think it's just... You think it grows wild? Or you think they... Think like, maybe one family has, like, the crop of the grass so that they can use it each year. You know what I mean? Um, the picture in...
1: What they show in the video made it look like it was more just out in the field. Or, like, out yeah. in a field. Not necessarily... A crop right. yeah but but then again they do, do use the word harvest so i don't know well i mean you can harvest weeds yeah <laughs> <laughs> but all this so they do this all of this in just three days oh wow how many people were working on it i think i mean it's hard to tell because only so many people doing bits and pieces i have to imagine the rope creation itself has got to be Ever, all hands on deck no, but like <laughs> whoever's
0: many, available kind of thing curious how many but i don't
1: know how many people were in are in the community in general
0: also the thought of like rolling grass in between your hands and your hands would get so callous so callous
1: there's and- one woman that's doing it um and you the video of her yeah she's really just kind of staring off into space really yeah, slowly it's very, i'm sure it's just
0: meditative uh-huh. yeah it seems like a
1: fairy entailed an so, interesting process.
0: Yeah.
1: But the end product is very safe. You can put dozens of people on it apparently at any given time. The only oh. year that it failed, well, no, the only year they weren't able to do it was 2020 COVID. because of COVID. And the existing one did, because it was lasting more than a year, Yeah, it did fail. Oh no, did someone um, die? No, I don't think anyone was using it because people weren't, you know, out and about. But I don't know then how they got like if it fell and I'm not sure how they got the next one over to the other side.
0: I'm sure you could just throw it. How long is it? Did you say that? I didn't know it doesn't say how long it was. I'm
1: sure Let's there's see. some s- that could have gotten it somewhere. I mean, so this is the gorge. So no, you can't throw it. That's um, uh, but someone could have, you know, as long as the river wasn't too rough, yeah. you could go down and up, go
0: climb and go, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure there's, but it's very cool. So it's also interesting that it's like, we do this process every year out of absolute necessity because these bridges won't last more than a year. <laughs> <Right>.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it is a festival for them. So yeah, do it. All right so the second one i have is living root bridge in Nangriat, india Nangriat is a village inhabited by the khasi people in the foothills of the himalayans and because of the, of where it is it gets 32 to 45 feet of rain in a year Jesus. yeah of course it's india's Runoff, the monsoon though. season um it's basically five months out of the year and is ridiculous but that's a lot of water yeah, um, and because these villages are remote from each other and don't even have roads, usually being able to walk to other villages is important. But it's all through mountainous terrain. They're usually Jungles. going down ravines and across rivers. And if it if the river's swollen with rain, then they're very dangerous. and You can't cross them yeah. by walking. So um, centuries ago, they started this process of creating bridges out of tree roots.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. So they basically train tree roots to go across the water and create a bridge. It's amazing. So they find, so the process is, and can can be different depending on, you know, the the villages might do them slightly differently, but the the main process is they find a good spot where they want to do it. And then they go into the forest and they find two healthy saplings of the Um, rubber fig tree Mm -hmm. or ficus elastica Mm. because they are very (laughs) elastic (laughs) and the root systems can kind of be pulled and manipulated. So they replant them on either side of the river where they want to put them and then they wait for 10 to 15 years. Oh my gosh, (laughs) talk about patience. (laughs) And by this time the tree starts growing aerial roots so it's the type yeah. of tree that, and aerial roots are the ones that grow above ground yeah and so at that point then they kind of take they start taking the root and they build a, a bamboo temporary bamboo scaffolding across mm-hmm. the river um, and it can be used for light traffic like it can be used temporarily for the light traffic but they use it as a scaffolding to start wrapping the the roots around and training them to grow across these bamboo scaffolds from either side. And um, and then the more mature it gets, the more aerial roots, the more they weave in. So they kind of weave it into itself. And then eventually the roots meet towards the middle. They start weaving the two tree roots together to the point where they actually become one. They yes. kind of fuse yes. together into one tree. With so crazy. Yeah. And they just coax it and they continue to to, to weave and then eventually it becomes sturdy enough to hold lots of people <laughs> and entire communities can walk across them. And the older it gets, the stronger it gets. And isn't, you know, the rains don't wear it away. Right. The floods don't knock it down. You know, a concrete structure would only last 15 years in mm. this kind of weather,
0: but, um, but the tree roots last forever Forever. um does it say when they started when these people started using this process like how long ago So
1: the guy the article that i read the guy went and visited 25 of them and some were centuries old and some were in the process of being made but i didn't get a sense of how long ago it started yeah the
0: yeah the um yeah i didn't quite get that sense but and of course this the guy was well you would imagine that like they, you know, people probably been doing that for over, you know, multiple centuries. But especially with that kind of rainfall, and you're going over rivers, the erosion of those riverbanks, I'm sure has affected all Yeah,
1: so what they say is throughout the non rainy season or yes, throughout the year, in general, they'll go, you know, check on them regularly. And they'll replace any kind of bamboo, any of their bamboo structure that might be failing, and they'll restructure it and stuff. But then they'll also take fallen leaves and debris and stuff. And in pack it into the root systems, to kind of recreate to replenish soil Um, and hummus, you know, create they degrade and create hummus. So they basically are constantly refilling the dirt within the root system as well, so that it'll stay, stay in place. There are some that have become tourist traps, unfortunately, and they've built, you know, ticket booths Oh, no by them and stuff. And those, and that is actually starting to degrade those. I'm sure way too much traffic. traffic.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a shame.
1: Yeah. But most of them are too difficult for m- tourists to get to. Um, it's just the ones the ones that are simpler to then they of course go right. Um, you know, tourism is always a double edged sword and I know, and
0: it's like it, yeah. it does
1: help all the, the villages and they profit from it, which is great. But then it also degrades some of their, their um, infrastructure resources. and everything. Yeah. But in general, I can't see that the picture. bridge. The bridges are gorgeous. This, the article from NPR was a a microbiologist turned photographer (laughs) is what he was so he was he was there to document them and learn about them but also um wanted to do was doing some kind of experimental photography around it it's like a double-decker bridge yes so this one has two levels it is a double-decker bridge they did it in two different levels for the different times of year when the water gets too high they actually have a secondary one and actually I don't know if it was this particular one but in somewhere they are working on a triple decker
0: one a couple of things it looks like it reminds me of peter pan Mm -hmm. how they live in the well and
1: that's what he he was like when he started walking across him he's like i'm having a hard time describing the feeling because it's not like you're walking across a bridge Uh like a concrete bridge but it's not like you're climbing a tree he's like it's really just fantastical right. like it's yeah. it's a fantasy land absolutely it looks magical and these particular trees are home to all kinds of species of animals and moss and stuff so they really are just these living ecosystems that act as a bridge for for humans as well so this one they re- they put bamboo down as walkway as well i guess to just kind of reinforce it
0: so or make it easier for did it show on the double decker one how you get up to the top level one I think it's more a matter of getting down now
1: you know what I don't know at that point why would you ever use the bottom one cuz if it's always in a ravine right
0: you're going you're climbing down to them usually that one looked like the bottom one was at the base of the tree and the top one was further up in the tree yeah so I w- my question was gonna be, uh, did they manipulate roots to become stairs to get to oh, the yeah, top no. level? I don't <laughs> know.
1: My guess is they probably originally had the bottom one and that's where a trail leads to, but then the rivers probably started getting more swollen with rain and mm-hmm. so they probably, you might have to climb up to the second one at yeah. this point. Um, but the monsoon season lasts starts in June and can last four to five months. And it's basically a time where they just stay inside all the time. Like they do all of their farming and everything in the other eight months, One, five. Yeah, seven <laughs> or eight months. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rainy season is like they, they have to stay inside and they do a lot of beer drinking and storytelling and playing games and stuff.
0: Sounds great. It's like a and winter time for when, people that live in cold weather. Right.
1: And, um. I think they still want to, you know, visit because you get tired of the same old people. Right. Or sometimes you have a need to go to another village. Right. And that's why they need the bridges
0: even in the rainy season. I like that one. That one's cool. I, they, they both were cool. This one's very magical. It is very magical.
1: Those are my bridges and I'm, I'm sticking, sticking to, to it. it.
0: <laughs> I love a natural bridge. Okay. I'm going to talk about a couple of haunted bridges. Okay. The first one i'm going to talk about is the overton bridge in dumbarton scotland it was constructed in 1895 to access the overton manor house and since this is just a weird one because it's not like a normal haunted bridge but since the 1950s over 600 dogs have ex- inexplicably jumped over the bridge <laughs> to the 60-foot drop what? and at least 50 of them have died how strange and it's always off one this one side of the bridge not the other side just one side Mm -hmm. of the bridge and so everyone so people have been trying to like figure out why this is happening so there's a couple of of theories one of them is that it's built like it's a stone bridge and it has these little parapets in them and the parapets have like what is that feature where it looks like a medieval top of a castle where it Cremulated. goes?
1: Crenulated. Oh, Crem- my God. Crem- is that right?
0: Would have never known that word. Basically, it's like, you know, where, where the archers oh. would stick their heads out to look. Right. <laughs> so it has those little things. And that's where the dogs um, jump over. So one of the theories is that the land around it, it's obviously going over a little creek, like a river creek, whatever. It, it's very lush. Um, and so in the trees and everything grow taller than the bridge. So you're just seeing the dogs are just seeing green, whatever. Uh, one theory is because of the height of it, the dogs can't tell that there's a drop that it that they're on a bridge that there's a drop, whatever. So they go to jump. And some of them jump right over some of them, they'll get to on on top of the little parapet, but then the the construction of it, it slopes down. Mm-hmm. So then they can't stop themselves. Mm. Um and then they end up falling <laughs> still very weird so bizarre even jump up there correct like wired and, and every owner will tell you like my dog doesn't doesn't do this on a normal basis right. they're not like jumping over things all the time it's not like their personality or whatever so one of the theories is that especially in the 1950s the mink population boomed okay. in that area and so The theory is, is that there's mink down below and the dogs can smell the mink. So then they they just jump over that (laughs) to go chase it. They just can't control control it. With the the smell of mink in the air. And they did like studies on on dogs smelling different animals. Um, It was like squirrel, something else and mink. And this uh, one scientist guy who was trying to like prove this what is going on here did this with multiple dogs brought them in and all of the dogs went straight to the mink like they would go pass by the other ones and go straight to the mink because apparently mink have such a strong odor oh weird. Yeah. so it's possible that that's the case but why why it's just on one side of the bridge makes no sense like if they're smelling mink why would the mink only be breeding in one on some one side of the bridge well, and if the smell's so strong, wouldn't it waft
1: to the other right. side? Right. <laughs> exactly. Or. But it also, it's like, I mean, it's the smell so strong that they're willing to, like, just run away
0: for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that makes no sense because it's <laughs> another thing is, is that like dogs, especially hunting dogs, these are the ones that are going to be going after it. They're trained to or instinctually are trained to follow the scent. Right. So they're going to go first thing they're going to try to do is go around the stone structure that's in your way. Because it's not it's not a it's not a very long bridge at all. It's like, I mean, it's over a creek. So it's I don't know, like 100 feet, you know, Mm -hmm. so like, why wouldn't they just like follow the scent down the the embankment, you know, right, instead of just jumping right over. Okay. Anyway, that's one of the theories. So another one is the uh, the white lady of Overton who was a Lady Overton and that lived in the house. Her husband died in the early 1900s. No, not, I'm lying. I don't know what exact year, but 1920s, I think. And um, that's early 1900s. Sure. And she grieved him and she was really sad or whatever, but she lived for an extra 30 years. And I think she died in the late 40s. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So people claim to see a woman in white on the bridge and a woman in white up in the window of the manor house. And so one of the theories is that she's the ghost that's luring these dogs to (laughs) to jump over, which makes no sense because they also say how much she was an animal lover. right? So it's like, why would she be- Unless her dog killed
1: her husband. (laughs) You know, right? And now all dogs must pay
0: it's kind of weird though because along that line uh, a lot of the owners will say is weird because their dog would go to like the little parapet area and they would sit and like stare off into space and it looked like they were like looking at something mm-hmm. bef- and then they would just jump oh no that's even weirder i know so right
1: it, it wasn't like a running jump like no i mean it didn't system. sound like
0: it i mean i don't know as could be, I'm sure, a combination of both, but they specifically were talking about how a lot of them would sit and stare off into space. Why
1: is anyone actually walking their dog across
0: this bridge? Anymore? Right, <laughs> and it's also like, why is your dog on a leash? On a leash? Well, yeah. they're on the country. That's right. uh, yeah, but it seems seems like a lot of people walk over this bridge, since 600 dogs since have jumped over it. You Jeez. know, interesting enough, the people who own the manor now are two texan pastors (laughs) that have turned it into like this a dog sanctuary no it's like a christian center (laughs) oh and so i was watching this vice video and the girl who was doing it was really funny because she was it was I think obviously a character, but maybe it's not. Maybe that's just how she is. I don't know, but it was like that kind of character where it's like British super serious, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And like, even though she's saying outlandish things, she's going to say it in a very serious manner, you know? But she was like interviewing uh, the, the people, the owners, And the owner was like, I don't believe the white lady of Overton theory because he's like in the 1718 years we've lived here. I've never seen her I've never we've never had any instances. And um, so the girl asked so so you've never had any paranormal uh, activity in the house at all. And he's like, No, and his lifestyle. Well, not paranormal, but supernatural. (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, Okay, well, what are you referring to? We see angels. And so they bring her into like some of the places where they've seen angels and they bring her into this big room. And it's got this huge fresco on the ceiling that has like angels on it. And she's like, Is this what you're the kind of angels that you're seeing? They're like little cherubs. And he's like, No, our angels are like eight, nine feet tall. And she's like okay so giant angels got it okay so (laughs) there's another theory giant angels are luring (laughs) dogs to jump so then she brought in a pet psychic before she met the pet psychic in this like field across the street from the manor house and the pet and the woman was like last night i she's like i've never been here i don't know anything about it whatever but last night i asked my spirits you know what? what's going on with this area and she she had a sketch that she had drawn she's like this is what i drew they were telling me it's wind and she drew like the basic layout of like the house and the field and where like big rocks were and trees or whatever in the field and she was saying that they were saying is the wind coming through this this one area it's creating like a whistling noise (laughs) and so it's like okay then they bring the do- she had her dog with her, and they bring her dog onto the bridge. And the dog's fine, whatever, it goes to the parapet and she's like, you know, she makes her the dog get up on the thing. And just looking over, she said, ask the dog if the bridge was haunted by Lady Overton. And and so the, the psychic said, the dog said, No, why would she? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the dog knows exactly who lady is. That's ridiculous. Why would she
0: she... (laughs) And she said, Okay, ask the dog if if he can hear if she can hear some like subsonic frequency sounds right now. And the dog said, "Uh, we can hear a lot more than humans. And she said, Well, can you hear any whistling? And the dog said, No, I can. She's like, water, water is all I hear. That's all she focused on was was the water. So, straight from the dog's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was that was a fun one. That's it's interesting. It's like what dogs jumping yeah. over bridges. Yeah, that's like, weird. It's, it's bizarre. Okay. Moving on. This one is just like an experience that I found on Reddit about this guy who had his um he didn't he didn't say what state he was in but he basically said i live in an area where there's uh, just cornfields everywhere so what is the corn state iowa uh no i don't know midwest somewhere yes <laughs> pick a town um and basically he said that he's a very small town cornfields everywhere there's a small um, bridge that's supposedly haunted by a mother killing her newborn child. It's like I feel like every <laughs> single haunted bridge is there always a mom that has killed their baby or thrown the baby over or whatever. Hmm. Haunting it. And that's why we'll talk about next. We'll talk about crybaby bridges next. But okay. um but this one was interesting because I found it and there's actually a video attached. And obviously I will put the link in the show notes. So basically he was saying like he's like, I'm not a skeptic, I'm not a believer, I'm you know whatever, I'll play around with these things. But his friend was was really into it. And his friend got his driver's license. So he's like, all right, let's go. Let's go somewhere haunted. So they decided to go to this bridge. And so they pulled into the bridge. It's middle of the night he turns his friend turns off the car and takes the keys out. And they had the windows down and they're just sitting there waiting for something to happen. So he's sitting there looking out the window and the car just turns on. And so he turns to his friend to be like, wait, why are we leaving? And his friend was like, I didn't do that. And then turns, he wasn't listening to him. He's like, I'm not ready to go. Why are we leaving? He's like, dude, I didn't do that. The keys are still in my hand. And he like holds out his hand. And the keys were in his hand. Mm-hmm. And so then they both like freaked out. And he's like, Uh, <laughs> I think we should go. So he so they drove off and he was freaking out. But his friend was like, okay, his friend turned into turned around and went back to the bridge. And he's like, what are you doing he's like I want to see if it happens again so he they go back on the bridge and he takes the keys out or whatever and it happens again the car just turns on by itself
1: what does you mean by turn on like turnover or just like elec- the electricity comes
0: back on that's a good question I need to look at the because the it shows it in the video and you can see the all the lights turning on I can't remember if I if I heard an engine turnover or not or if it's just the um electronics. So he's like, okay, I understand that cars can turn on with buttons these days, but it wasn't as this 1994 Chevy truck. So it wasn't that situation going on. So after it turns on, he's like, they're like not as freaked out as much. And so then they were like, okay, well, let's do an experiment and start asking questions. And so the video is them. So then he starts videoing it. So the video is him. They're like, (laughs) Kind of dumb but you know whatever these apparently teenagers teenagers yes <laughs> they're teenage boys so they're like wait what did i say i don't remember what did... and they're also obviously like kind of freaked out but then it also sounds like one of them is just like eating chips <laughs> <laughs> but they basically start asking it questions and it's like okay turn the engine on or off for yes and lock or unlock the doors for no and so they were like asking it like And then they couldn't, like, they couldn't remember what they told it to do. And then they couldn't remember, like, the questions that they had asked. It was just like, they were high. Probably. (laughs) And the car is, like, doing normal car things. And they're like, it was definitely, it was definitely, like, call and response kind of situations. You know, I think at first they were like, do you do you want us to stay here turn the car on for yes lock the doors and the, the car turns on and then they asked it other questions and would you be mad if i i left and the car turns on or off or whatever but he was getting frustrated because he's like i i, I want to know why they want us to stay here you know <laughs> if i can't because you're asking yes or no questions and then the uh, the driver was like oh, let's just get to the bottom of it do you want to kill us <laughs> <laughs> and then the car turns on which was a yes and they were right. like oh and then he said like apparently after that his truck oh they asked if it was possessing the truck and the answer was yes and uh, they said should we be worried and the answer was yes are you evil yes but they said after that like every once in a while his truck will still do that even not on the bridge
1: yeah it just sounds like faulty
0: wiring. Yep. <laughs> If everything, started if everything was yes, was anything no. But yes. Yes, yes. Some, some stuff was no. So it will let you list, watch this uh, video because it does do the turning on and off, but it also does do the locks mm. when they tell it to. So it's, it's a little interesting. Huh. OK. OK, so now I'm going to talk about Crybaby Bridges. Anyone out there, look up Crybaby Bridge. In your state because apparently like every single state has a crybaby bridge and most of their stories are pretty similar to the point of somebody killed a baby and you can hear babies crying (laughs) classic urban legend right stuff but this one i'm talking about specifically is in anderson south carolina the bridge itself was constructed in virginia in 1919 it's like a metal trust, trust trust Truss, a metal metal truss bridge. bridge. Okay, so during the construction of this bridge, there was a worker named Mally Richmond who fell to his death, and it took place 13 days after the birth of his daughter named Maya. And after he died, other workers that were still working on it said that at sunset each day they would hear a really strange noise, and some of them said it was like. Obviously, the skeptics said that it was just settling and creaking of the spans. But others said that it sounded like a man crying, and some even said it sounded like a man like crying out the name Maya. So, this already haunted bridge was then actually um, installed in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, where it stayed until 1952. But Wait, it's what? I'm sorry. It was built somewhere else? Yes. Okay. So, it was built in Virginia, then okay. it was installed in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, okay. okay and until 1952 but apparently the whole time that i was in charleston it had a, a weird vibe about it people thought it was haunted apparently dogs wouldn't go anywhere near it and birds wouldn't land on it and Dog, <laughs> the dogs learned their freaking lesson <laughs> <laughs> not going anywhere near bridges <laughs> and then like people like joggers wouldn't jog over it so like it was just like a bridge that Nobody wanted to use. So then Charleston was like, well, we got to get rid of this bridge. Then it was moved in 1952. It was re- it was t- disassembled and moved to Anderson, uh, South Carolina. And in here, this is where the story of the baby comes in. The story goes is there, there was a local farm girl who uh, gave birth to her first baby on September 30th, 1954. Two days later, her mother was killed in a farming accident. And then two weeks after that, she received news that her young husband had died on the army base that he was training at. So that puts us at like October 15th ish, obviously she's going through some stuff. So October 30th, she is out of her mind. She drives to this bridge. And she walks into the middle of it and she throws her baby into the water, killing her baby. And then a couple of weeks later, she was found hanging from the raptors in, the, in her house. So very, very tragic uh, story behind this. So people have said that they've seen a young girl hanging over the side of the bridge at night, like telling her baby not to cry or looking for her baby. And so they say like, if you go out there You're supposed to like go to the middle of the bridge and you like turn off your car and you say something to the effect of like, I have your baby or where's your (laughs) baby (laughs) or something like that to like instigate the ghost to come out. So this is an experience by somebody on Reddit. This is external garden 5830. He said that this was posted two years ago. So, so the incident then happened about five years ago. Uh, He and three of his friends from college heard about this bridge. And so they drove out there and it's actually blocked off now to cars because they built a bridge like right next to it, like a more modern bridge right next to it. So it's still there, but cars don't go over it. They have a fence in front Mm -hmm. of it so that people don't go on it. Well, these dudes just hop the fence and walk out onto the bridge and they're listening for things and they're about you know they're there for about 10 minutes with nothing happening and they're like they're like are we sure we're in the right place and they figured out they were in the right place and um (laughs) god that's like are we sure we're in the right place I know (laughs) not are we sure ghosts exist (laughs) right and we've been here for like 10 minutes like I mean something should have happened by now (laughs) So they had read online about what they were supposed to say. So being stupid, dumb, you know, college boys, they start yelling out things, including obscenities to whatever. And so one of the guys yells, I've got your fucking baby, you stupid bitch. And right after that, they felt like the coldest gust of wind that he said he's ever felt in his life. And they were like, okay, whatever. They were just like, that's a coincidence, cold gust of wind, whatever. And so then they were just waited around a little bit more, nothing else happened. And then they were like, w- started to walk back to the Jeep. And then they st- heard footsteps coming from the other side of the bridge toward them. And then they were really, really heavy footsteps. And then one of his friends was like, Oh, shit. And so then they they started like, hurrying, and then the footsteps got faster and faster. And it was just like chasing them Hmm. down the bridge. So they're Hmm. freaking out and they go back and they jump over the fence and they pile into the Jeep. And apparently it had they were in a puddle of mud or whatever. And they're like, get the car going, but it's like (laughs) splattering mud everywhere. So they get mud all over the car, whatever. And then they get out of there. And so he said when he got back home, He got out of the Jeep and he went around the back because he wanted to see how much mud was on the thing. And he said there was a giant handprint in the mud that looked like either a giant handprint or a handprint with claws. And they said that they put their hands next to it. And it was like, did not fit any of their handprints. It was way big. Yeah, creepy. That's fun. Okay, do you want to do one more? Sure. Okay. This one is Goatman's Bridge in Denton, uh, Denton County, Texas. So this is north of Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, it was constructed in 1884 to serve as a connection between the towns of Denton and Alton for farmers to carry stuff back and forth. Um, Alton eventually diminished as a town, and Denton kind of took over it. Then the bridge was closed to vehicles in 2001 but the story behind it is that there was a in the early 1900s there was an african-american goat farmer that lived right near the bridge his name was oscar washburn and he was really well liked in the community he raised and sold goats and which is why they called him the goat man and he was just a very he was successful at it and everybody liked him and he was kind and whatever but unfortunately in the south you're a black man kkk has it out for him. So one night, the um, the KKK members of the area came for him, they pulled him out of his house, they brought him to the bridge, put the noose around his neck and they threw him mm. off the bridge. The story is they went to go watch him die. They looked over the bridge. He wasn't there. The noose was there. He was not there. They couldn't find his body anywhere. So they freaked out and they went back to his house and set his house on fire, killing his wife and his children. Jesus. So one story has it that the the man is on the bridge, vengeful and wants to scare everybody. But another story is that he is still there. Oscar Washburn is still there, but he's actually one of the kinder spirits because apparently this bridge is also just like a hub spot for really negative uh, energies and there's a lot of satanic worship that goes on right there for whatever reason. I'm not sure, but it could it could eventually it could be stemming down from all the KKK active activity in the area because apparently one of the other entities that is there is this man named Steve who used to be the grand dragon of the KKK in the area. And he was so freaking evil that he had three wives, but he wanted a fourth wife. He wanted this specific girl for a fourth wife. And he abducted her, he raped her, he beat her, whatever. She refused to marry him. And so she ended up taking poison and killing herself. On her autopsy, he had eaten her skin off, like, bitten her skin off so much like in her thighs and on her arms and everything that cannibalism was a contributing factor to her death oh my god yeah so there's that guy's spirit hanging around and apparently he goes after women people see red eyes Mm -hmm. people hear strange guttural beastly noises they hear screams they feel like somebody's watching them they hear footsteps they people have been chased like the sounds of footsteps chasing them and then there's rumors that people have gone missing around the bridge there's like a cement slab cuz you have to like walk through this forest to get to it mm-hmm. there's like a haunted forest whatever there's this one tree that apparently is a portal to hell that's like a split Precious. tree and that's where like a lot of the satanic worship goes on right there There's also like an old cement slab from something, I'm assuming an old house or something that used to be there that they've turned into, or it's not super legible anymore, but somebody at one point turned it into a giant human Ouija board situation. So I watched this video and I will put a link to it, Sam and Colby, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever heard of these YouTubers. but it was it's they have their own channel and then they have this girl uh, another girl with them that is from a different channel I don't know did you say
1: Sam and Colby correct I heard Sam and Kobe Sam and Kobe Sam it's like (laughs) is that someone's first name
0: Salmon (laughs) Sam and Colby so the interesting thing that they that happened to them, one of the things was like, okay, they're they're on the trail. The girl that's with them is kind of ahead of them. They have this tour guide guy that's ahead of her. They're in the back filming whatever, and they're like, "Do you hear that? Do you hear that?" And they kept hearing footsteps like off to the side, crunching in the leaves, whatever. And then like she would be like, "Y'all, do y'all hear that?" And like she would hear it, footsteps to the side, whatever. And then they get to the so they had met with this woman earlier, who told him about the tree and told him about uh, the old Grand Dragon Steve or whatever. And uh, they're like, don't she's like, don't touch the tree. She's like, "The I don't let anyone on my tourists touch the tree. The last boy who couldn't resist it, it was like a 16 year old boy, got into a really bad at- car accident on his way home after the tour. they were like, okay, don't touch the tree. <laughs> so the previous night they had done an investigation in a haunted hotel with this other girl named selena spooky boo <laughs> 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 who is like she's does paranormal stuff but she's also like kind of psychic and she literally woke up that morning just violently vomiting and so she's like This she's she took it as an omen. She's like, I'm not going to the thing. She felt obviously very terrible. Like she could, they said she threw up like 20 times. And so they brought her to the airport so that she could get on a plane and go home. So she was flying home to Canada. They're in Texas. So they're on this, they're on their little trail on the thing and she calls them and they're like, oh, it's, it's Selena let's, you know, let's pick up. And they're like, Hey, what's up? And she's like, I am freaking out right now. Um, I had to call you. I just got in my car. I just got off the plane. She's like, I was woken up by the stewardess because I was screaming. She had fallen asleep on the plane and the stewardess woke her up and was like, you're screaming. She's like, I was having this dream about you guys. You're in the woods. There's something following you. And she's like, and I can just see these two trees making like across the, the path, like two trees. She's like, don't go through the trees. Do not go through the trees. Like if you see two trees, don't go through it. They're like, Oh, my God, we literally just passed like the split tree. Mm -hmm. That's considered like the portal of hell, whatever. And she and they had been hearing like the footsteps. And so they're like, holy crap. Okay. And she's like, the basically she's like, the the rest of my dream is um," she's like, I see you guys panic. I see flashing lights. And then she said she saw one of them like fall down with like dirt on his face or whatever. So they're like, okay, that freaks them out. They're like, this is totally weird. Thank you for calling blah, 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 whatever. So they go through lots of things. They they have their all the little machines, all mm-hmm. the like, and things start coming up. So they have the one machine where it's like, the one where it has a library of words, and then the energy mm. pulls up random words. Yeah. So it was pulling up psychic. And it was pulling up fire. And it was pulling up, I don't know, I can't remember. It was lots of different things that were very relevant to the situation. Very, very relevant. they ended the night at the at the split tree and they were doing like an estes method kind of thing and they were asking questions and one of them and he was all his answers were coming back super relevant to the questions that they were asking and it basically was saying and it sounded like it was the entity of steve it was basically saying that he was targeting the girl and that he her body was his And that you know, so she's like, "Oh my god, I'm not getting possessed. Let's end this now." Mm -hmm. So they're like packing up their stuff, and they start hearing footsteps all around the things. But it's like multiple, multiple footsteps, and they're like, "Okay, they're like, I think there's coyotes." They're like, we're pretty sure there's coyotes, so then they just start like literally hauling ass. Is and the guide with- still with them? No, the guide had left. But um, the they're like hauling ass, and it's funny because when she said her dream and the thing, the girl was like, when she said flashing lights, um, the girl was like, like running with a flashlight. That's like she literally mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. that when the when Selena was talking about her dream. And so at the end, they're like hauling ass, and they're running with their flashlights in their hands, and um, and it was like the footsteps that were chasing them. Did any of the guys fall no the guy did not fall <laughs> but they did say um she said like red she's like i saw red on his face and when they were filming and i don't know why this because it's like the whole time they were filming it was normal filming but when they sat down to do their final estes method thing the guy who was the subject of the red face in the dream had they were filming him and it was all red
1: yeah. well they may have done that after the fact <laughs>
0: no 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 like they they talked about it they were like oh and the they she said red on his face like we were filming him in red oh like they said it in the thing so i was like but you could that was after you already heard her say that so right they could have but i don't think they were that smart to put put that together before Eh, eh. i don't know But anyway, (laughs) that is Goatman's Bridge. Apparently it's like one, oh, and Zach Baggins, you know, Ghost Adventures, they've been there and one of his team members got like thrown 20 feet by something. Of course, it wasn't caught on camera. So, right. Yeah. But I don't know. I have a hard time watching anything with Zach Baggins in it. (laughs) (laughs) He really annoys me. But that's it. Some haunted bridges. I would love to hear if oh, anybody has had any experiences on a haunted bridge or any experiences at all. <laughs> Please write to us. Lastly, I'm standing podcast at gmail.com. So that's all I got today. Nice. Do you know any haunted, haunted bridges? bridges I was trying to think. I feel like I should, but. No. Swamp man. Swamp man. When we were younger under
1: a bridge. Yeah.
0: Um, we were younger. Our dads, uh, we have, our dad has a bunch of brothers. So there's like a bunch of uncles and a bunch of cousins and we were all over at my grandmother's and they took us in a trailer ride. So they hitched up a trailer to the back of a truck and all the cousins got in and they were telling. So on the trailer ride, one of them was telling the ghost story of the swamp man. And, um, And how he lived under a bridge in this town, and this is a small town in Mississippi. And so, you know, we're about to come over the bridge and then we like go over the bridge and then this this beast comes (laughs) flying over the edge of the bridge covered in moss (laughs) and scaring everybody and everybody's screaming. And we're like, go, 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 he's chasing us. And it it was just another uncle dressed in moss. (laughs) good times.
1: Yeah. I like how we did bridges, but didn't actually talk
0: about structurally sound bridges. bridges. Yes, I agree. I also
1: went down the path of like, failing bridges. And I was like, "Eh, I don't want to talk about that many people dying. I know. (laughs) Uh, Though there are some spectacular bridge fails. But yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you have anything cool, creepy, or scientific to share with us, you can email us at lastslamstandingpodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us on Instagram at lastslamstandingpodcast. And a special thank you to Adam Frischertz for our theme song. Thanks for listening.